Welcome, welcome, welcome. This is the Women Emerging podcast. I'm Julie Middleton, Director of Women Emerging. Every week I speak with women around the world of different ages and in different sectors about how they lead, because we need many more women leading in the world today. We explore how women lead differently and do it their way, which is authentic, fulfilling and highly effective. I'll let you lead me if you have purpose beyond leadership. Hello, I'm Julia Middleton, Director of Women Emerging and your podcast host. This episode is about purpose and about the crucial role that having a purpose plays in leading. Now, who better to talk to about this than Abby, whose life and career has been about giving young people space to find purpose, or rather, as she sees it, to become purposeful. So I asked her, why purpose? Why purposeful? And why is this so crucial to leading? How do I find my purpose? So many people answer that question. And the truth is, I don't know that I know the answer to it. So I was looking forward to this conversation, Abby, because you're going to give me the answer. I'll give you a framework. I don't have any answers. Let's have a try. Tell me first about the chapters of your journey have the was there a point at which you were sort of saying I don't know what my purpose was mm-hmm. what age were you when you thought that yeah absolutely so I I grew up in the Bay Area in California and I I went to you know what would be deemed quote excellent schools I had the opportunity to go to fancy private schools um which they look the same today as they did then which is show up memorize the information take the test and it just um, terrifies me that we're still teaching to test that robots can already pass and angling all of our education reform efforts around tiny gains on standardized tests as though those are the skills that really matter. And to this conversation about purpose, it's sort of the opposite direction we want an education to move if we're trying to help reveal a person's soul to themselves and a sense of something beyond the check boxes and the gold stars and the the standardized modes of learning. And so when I finished high school, I, you know, I had done all the things and I had gotten into Stanford for university, but I felt exhausted and quite confused existentially. I had a deep sense that there was learning that I craved that would not happen in a classroom setting. And I felt all the inertia with my, you know, excellent sheep peers in just filing along from from high school into college, as is typically done in in the U.S. if you're going to to higher education. And I remember feeling like, why is there not a moment here to pause, to step off the treadmill, to broaden my aperture, to ask questions and find teachers that are not assigned? to leave my comfort zone and reflect on who I am and who I want to be in the world. And really ever since I wasn't able to find an opportunity at that fairly critical developmental juncture, I have been obsessed. My purpose has become creating a window 
in that transition that could be a rebellious rite of passage for young people around the world. So at that stage, purpose was unclear. When did it become clear? So I ended up going straight to college and I spent two years learning in the lecture hall and feeling very antsy and frustrated. And then I took off um, and was able to spend a year outside of school. I was living and working in Latin America. And um, I, you know, was learning who I was when there was nobody telling me what to do, nobody watching what got me up in the morning when there was no alarm clock, the things I chose to read when there wasn't a syllabus that was assigned to me. And it was the most formative learning experience of my life. And I had nothing to do with my formal education. And when I came back to school, I remember petitioning for all that lived experience to count for credit, which I mentioned just because it's been a key piece of, of my journey and story is how can we rethink what is quote credit worthy? Why is it that the things that we cram our heads full of in the lecture hall are somehow more worthy of credential than the things we learn through trial and error and real experience um, and the emotional stretch of, of being on our own and reflecting deeply? So, it, you know, in many ways, it was that year of experience that set my purpose, um, or at least the, the direction of the compass, which has been how do we reimagine education around the experiences that shape who we are and who we're becoming in ways that traditional schooling doesn't? And that's remained your purpose for decades. Yeah, I think so. So I, I love that we're focusing on the, the notion of purpose. And I think it is such a tricky concept, exactly as you shared, that it can feel so paralyzing to a young person. It's like the worst question to ask somebody, I think, is what's your purpose or what's your passion? I mean, both of them are so weighty and they imply that it's something outside of yourself to go find or something static in the world that you'll find it and then have it made. I mean, for me, it's much more about thinking of purpose as a compass, an alignment, an orientation than it is knowing one clear thing. So my actual purpose at different stages has been very, it's been around building different ventures at different stages of my own personal development. But the North Star has been clear. And it's really been about how do we help many more and more diverse young people pause, orient to some context and purpose beyond themselves, and then to begin to act from there. And you feel as much passion for that purpose mm -hmm. now and for that North Star, as you did when you came back from your travels? I did. I do. I do. No question. I mean, it just, it, it's the, and I think this is a clue for all of us in finding that thing that feeds your energy, that feels like a, a, a sort of infinite well that you can tap from, that, that this is work that does not feel like work. It is the thing that gets me going and keeps me going. And the more I do it, the more energy I have for it. Um, I've also now had the experience of working with thousands of young people on the cusp of adulthood and seeing that precious window of opportunity to shape their values and identity and perspective and life course in a way that impacts everything that happens next. And it doesn't just happen when you're young. No, and it continues to happen. I think that's been one of the things that revitalizes my commitment to this mission is, you know, I am in, in 
uh, a a midlife transition of my own, having stepped out of an organization that I had built and led, stepping into building a new organization and recognizing that so many of the tools and frameworks I've used with young people at 18 are exactly the tools that I have needed to navigate with wisdom and patience. Um, and it's it, about defining my questions, finding my teachers, leaving my comfort zone and reflecting. This four-step process that allows me to ensure that I'm aligned and, um, and find confidence and courage to move through the uncertainty. So what does it feel like in a way, I'm asking you because I, I, I feel like you've just described me, me too. Oh, you know, good. After, after having run an organization and grown it from nothing for 30 years. To, it was interesting because everybody said to me, you'll never be able to walk away. And I remember saying to, to everybody, watch me. And actually, you know, there's a time and a place when you move on. And you do, and you do your best to 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 leave things in good shape. But then you then you do move on, and you don't look back. And then you confidently, to my mind, you wait till the next purpose or means of achieving your North Star comes around. I, I love that expression that you said, um, wait a minute, what was it? The opposite of doubt isn't certainty, it's faith. Tell me what you really meant by that, because I thought it was a lovely expression. I need to check it's, I, my interpretation of it was right. It's really this idea that it is so often our doubt that confuses us and can stop us from acting and that we can be searching for certainty. So we can be searching for that arrival point that I found my purpose and I've checked, you know, I figured it all out. And that that's probably not even trustworthy. Um, that, that what is more important is having faith that things work themselves out. I think about in my own meditation practice. And I, at some point I recognize that when I get caught in a mind that is planning for the future, planning, planning, planning mind, that that is actually a form of my own doubt masquerading as some kind of busyness. But it is me doubting that I'll be able to figure it out when I show up for this interview right now. Sort of the over... Uh, analytical mind that is on overdrive trying to be prepared in all the ways is really a form of my own doubt in my future self in some sense. And I say this because I can't sit there and dead and say, well, I'm certain it's going to go well. It's more, oh, coming back to, I have faith that I've been in situations like this before and I will be again. And I know how to show up. And I know that it's more important to be present than it is to be prepared, quote unquote. Um, and so that's, that's a piece of how I practice that. It's been really helpful. Well, we, we, we talked a little bit, Julia, previously about the difference between a purpose, which feels like a kind of lofty and somewhat unattainable point of arrival, and um, the idea of purposefulness or, or of living 
purposefully. And I actually think that's a much more important aim than an arrival point, because in reality, our lives and conditions are constantly changing. The specifics of that quote purpose will look different at different moments in time. Um, but if we are permitted, if we have faith that we will show up purposefully, it's really about setting the right intention. Um, and again, think of it as alignment or calibration, internal sense, the intuition that tells me if I'm on track or not, if this is a relationship that lights me up or one that depletes me, if this is work that's going to feed my energy or take it from me. Having purpose or being purposeful is pretty important to being a good leader and leading well. Do you think that's right? Well, I think it's essential. To lead well requires having a purpose beyond leadership, a purpose beyond personal advancement, um, a purpose beyond oneself. And I think when we tap into that, it can awaken something in other people who then are inspired to orient in that direction or achieve things they might not have thought were possible. Yes. Tell me, going back over your four-step process, you know, define the questions, find the teachers, leave the comfort zone and reflect. I, I think I've heard you use other words, actually one at the beginning before those four points and one, another one at the end. The one at the beginning I've heard you often use is unhook. And the one at the end that I've also heard you use a lot is align. Let's start with unhook. Tell me more about unhook. Our nervous systems and minds have been hijacked by technology and social media and, and an attention economy that is competing to um, distract us and addict us and confuse us. And so the unhook could also be an unplug, but it's really about uh, a deliberate stepping out of the noise, which may be parental expectations, societal pressures, your social media stream, um, and beginning to listen more deeply to a voice that I think we all have, the, an inner mentor, an inner wisdom, that is more robust and more trustworthy than all the noise we're waiting through. Yes. So, so how do you unhook? Mm, well, I try, aspire to spend a day a week in a sort of secular Sabbath where I leave my phone aside. I put it in a knit sleeping bag that my young boys have made for me. The, the, they call it the play no phones pouch. Um, and I, so that, that's weekly. And then each year I, um, when I'm able, spend a week in noble silence in a, in a meditation retreat. Um, that for me has been the most clarifying and um, impactful personal and professional development I've ever found. And the irony is there's no structure, <laughs> there's no teacher. Actually, there are teachers sort of more as guides, um, but that the instruction is just noticing. Um, and getting quiet enough to see what's here and coming back to, as we talked about, faith 
not in a religious sense, but the, the kind of bone deep trust in myself and I will find the way to navigate. So unhook is the first word I've picked up often from what you, the other one is this word alignment. It's so sort of, it's one of those words that gets thrown about a bit. Yeah. Can you anchor it for me? What does alignment really mean? When we feel out of alignment. So if you think of your posture, your stance, um, there's there's physical alignment when when it is off, it causes us pain. Uh, and it speaks to us. And I think that alignment is paying attention to having our thoughts, our words, our emotional responses, and our actions line up. That if someone from the outside were to ask me, well, what are you thinking? What are you feeling? What are you saying? And are those integrated? Uh, is, is there an integrity across them? Or are they at odds? I think that's where so much of our power lies. And I think it takes a lifetime of work to figure out how to live from there because we are often acting in ways that feel inconsistent with what we're thinking or feeling. Um, but when those line up, I think it, it really draws people in. Do you have to be aligned to be able to find purpose? I can think of lots of people who are have passionate purpose, and I'm not sure they've ever thought about alignment much. Would you think they've done it just subconsciously? Yeah, and I think there's so many purposes people could run after. Your purpose could be maximizing shareholder value at this company. Your purpose could be getting the CEO job in the corner office. And I think you can run hard at those purposes without necessarily having aligned your spirit and uh, all of your centers of knowing. Um, I think the, the most robust senses of purpose and the purpose that I'm committed to uncovering among us is something that that does require alignment um because it requires that you are moving with your whole self toward goals that are robust and durable and it is not a frantic scramble to a goal uh that you may have described to be your purpose um but it's actually something that's going to feel um fulfilling and satisfying both as a journey and an arrival point um, whereas a lot of the others don't I think of so many of my classmates I went to business school with who find themselves now 15 years out of school at the top of the mountain <laughs> they've won the game and now they're pausing to consider whether it was a mountain they even wanted to climb so for me that's exactly what it is is how do we create those windows uh of, of transformation and orientation sooner because the sooner we are aligning our energy and our actions with something that is the direction we intend to move, 
the sooner we're, we're working on purpose, we're living on purpose, we're leading on purpose. The other thing you said to me was it's about uncovering, not finding. Mm. And I, I, I particularly like that because sometimes you get people who say, how do I find purpose? And you sort of look at them and you think, you're full of purpose. You know exactly what your purpose is. Um, all of us can see that you have purpose. And it's funny, isn't it? Sometimes sometimes it's literally staring you in the face. Yeah, yeah. And driving you, but somehow you don't think it is there. And covering is a good word, isn't it? I think so. And revealing it to ourselves, maybe, is another way to say it. Um, I think it is innate that we will have, you know, one of the things I'm realizing as we talk is that not even that my purpose has been consistently precisely the same thing, but it is more that I know what it feels like to be purposeful. And once you know that, it's hard to orient toward anything else. Um, and so I think sometimes the language we use can make things feel lofty, unattainable, absolute, uh, something that is it, it, um, up for measurement or judgment, like if it's enough of a purpose, right? So I think what I'm interested in is more, how do we, I mean, how do we define it for ourselves? What does it feel like to learn on purpose, live on purpose, lead on purpose? Um, and I think that I can, I mean, that can take so many forms. Um, and it may not even be something you could articulate, but it's, it is certainly something I can feel. Yeah, and sometimes it makes us utterly miserable, doesn't it? Because you have very clear purpose and you know you're not getting there. <laughs> yeah, um, but it also keeps us going. I mean, I think it's a clear contributor to um, being resilient, being able to fail and rebound. Um, and it's also, you know, the data shows that it is the most important antidote to our you know, crises in mental health and loneliness and disconnection um, and toxic achievement culture and is is having some sense of purpose beyond ourselves. Um, so I, I think we need a, a reckoning around what the concept is and, and really thoughtful approach to how we develop it in young people. I would love to add to your list um, something that my father used to say. He had a great expression. He said that there is almost no situation in life that cannot be made infinitely worse with a thorough explanation. Mm -hmm. That's great. And, you know, sometimes you you also meet people who are, staying um, in that silent retreat or staying in their top room and endlessly looking inwards. And sometimes the purpose comes because you get out there and start doing things. And they may not be the perfect things, but by just doing, mm -hmm. you create that energy that you were talking about before. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
And it's just learning to, to, to sense when you're in or out of alignment. I think I talk to so many young people as they're finishing college and they're thinking about what job to take. And it's mean, so overwhelming to feel like you've got to get it exactly right at every juncture. But that's really not what we should be aiming for. That, in fact, it would make for a pretty boring life. It's more, I, I love this idea that we can, a good student learns in every context. And I think being finding ourselves out of alignment or in a job that's not the right fit or with a boss is not the right person for us, like all of that, or a relationship, all of that, that sort of itchy sense of some friction or rub gives you information about what it feels like to be in or out of alignment. And then you recognize when you are in. Yeah, exactly. And you want to be there more of the time. And all this is crucial to leading. It is crucial to leading, but have you ever worked with somebody who you, you knew they had purpose, but they never shared it? They never really talked about it. Or is that just a British thing? Yeah, that's interesting. I think that there's there's probably a British thing there. But what I what came to mind first is I do know people who have very devout religious or spiritual practices where those things are not explicit in how they show up or the work they're doing. But it is clear that that is an animating force um in their lives and maybe what they would define as a purpose so i think that's a an interesting piece where you can see somebody's work in the world through one lens but the underlying intention may be coming from a different impulse it's interesting because i've certainly worked for people who who want to know everything about me but won't reveal anything about themselves and you sort of think, why sh Why am I the one who's got to tell everything and reveal everything to you? If you're leading me, you've got to reveal to me why you're doing this. Yeah, I don't, I don't trust people who can't reveal themselves. Um, I think it's the entry point to authenticity and intimacy and um, collaboration. And I think when we withhold, it can create a really vicious cycle of not really seeing or knowing each other. Um, and we can cause a lot of harm. But the truth is you've got to be purposeful, not find your purpose. I think that's right. The, the higher purposefulness is that I am in the period of my life aiming in a certain direction. And the the daily practices or the moment to moment practices are, am I approaching this conversation in a way that feels purposeful? And so the, the small purposefulnesses line up to the broader purpose. Um, but I think that's how we stay on track. Yeah, I think that's the right steer for any of us who are struggling with the, the loftiness and the inaccessibility of find your one purpose, your purpose on the planet. Um, yeah, what does it feel like to be perfect? Abby, that was a bit special and has left me thinking a lot. I keep coming back to the unhooking and the unplugging, the sort of cutting off process. It's um, 
it's interesting. We all do it in a different way, don't we? You, you mentioned a silent retreat. Do you know, over the years, I think I have felt immensely inadequate that I know full well I would be a disaster at a silent retreat. Um, it's always made me feel rather inadequate and rather sort of shallow that um, when I unhook or unplug, I suppose I don't go into myself. I go and talk to and rather to listen to other people. And that's my way of unhooking, just listening to people. And looking back, of course, that was the beginning of women emerging, just deciding that I was going to spend two months just talking to women around the world and listening and listening and listening. But maybe I suspect, Abby, you'd say that at the same time I was doing a certain amount of unhooking because only if you do unhook a little bit at least will you actually hear the bits that resonate with you as you talk to other people. Anyhow, we all have different ways of doing this and you've you've made me think a great deal, Abby. Thank you so much. So we come to the end of this episode on purpose and and purpose, purposefulness, if there is such a word. Uh, I send you much love, Julia. There's also loads more you can learn from other women if you go to our website, womenemerging.org. That's womenemerging.org. Over time, we are determined to redefine leading so that more of us can say, if that's leading, I'm in.